Hi, I'm Pastor Adam, and you're listening to the Orange United Methodist Sermon Podcast. We're a church in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, that wants to help you find your place in God's story. And we hope this sermon can guide you along that journey. Visit orangemethodist.org to find out more information about location, service times, upcoming events, and ways to give. We hope you enjoy. You may be seated. I invite you to join with me in our prayer of illumination found in your bulletin. O risen Christ, open us to the power of your resurrection as we hear it proclaimed anew this day, that we too might rise to new life in you. Amen. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verses 13 through 18 in your pew Bible, that's page 193 in the New Testament. And if you brought your Bible or you'd like to look it up on your phone to follow along, the words are also on the screen. Hear now God's word. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, about those who have died, so that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, Through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have died. For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will by no means precede those who have died. For the Lord himself, with a cry of command, with the archangel's call, and with the sound of God's trumpet, will descend from heaven, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up in the clouds together with them to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God, indeed. Well, happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is indeed. Hallelujah. I heard a few of you experienced a bit of a resurrection last night. Uh, I was fine-tuning the theological importance of my sermon, and so I missed it. Um, You don't have to inform me of the outcome or anything. I'm good. Uh, But it was like a pickleball game or something. That's fine. Let us pray. (laughs) Creator of life, in raising Christ Jesus up through, out of, and beyond the chains of death, you opened for us the way to eternal and abundant life. May our alleluias on this day float high above the ceiling of what we think we know, and transcend to the heaven of what we believe and thus live. Raise us up, renew our hearts, resurrect our lives through Jesus Christ, our living Savior. Amen. Well, if we can do Christmas in July, I think we can do Easter in October. I think that's fine uh, for us to, to celebrate Easter this morning. And it might be almost more fitting to practice resurrection today than it is in the spring when new life just surrounds us in its abundance and the flowers are blooming and the sun is shining the days are getting longer there are signs of life all around us but now we're in a bit of a different season autumn brings with it the beauty that is fading The flowers are dying and darkness is beginning to grow into our daylight. And the trees and the leaves remind us that, alas, everything too will die. 
So today, in the midst of dying leaves and in the bareness of tree branches, in the midst of a lengthening night, we need an Easter celebration. And not only do we cling to the Easter promise of resurrection because nature reminds us of the seasons of change and death, but because our lives relentlessly remind us of the reality of change and death. Regardless of liturgical season, death surrounds us, and pain and suffering feel always too close. Even closer this week, as we have experienced tragedy within our very own community. There just is no making sense of five people losing their lives at the hands of a teenage boy in Raleigh. We need Easter today. And as a resurrection people, we have hope in and beyond this life. We need Easter. And we pray Easter in the midst of a very dark Good Friday for the families of those who have lost their lives here in our community. Nicole Connors, Susan Carnitz, Mary Marshall, Gabriel Torres, and James Thompson. Let us hold them and their families for a moment in prayer this morning. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And we pray healing of body, spirit, and mind for those injured. Marcel Gardner and Casey Joseph Clark. Let us hold them and their families in prayer as well. Lord, in your mercy. And because we serve a God who sees every single child as beloved, who sees ever more than we can, who sees every person as worthy of redemption, we pray mightily for the perpetrator. That in the midst of the death and pain that has overtaken his life, that we still believe Easter, that resurrection always has the final word. Now, that is not easy to believe because crucifixion and pain and suffering are much easier realities for us to resonate with than the hope and promise that death, that suffering, that pain, and that brokenness all have been conquered because Jesus rose on the third day. He is risen. There is so much pain even in this limited space, in these four walls, and in those that stretch to our virtual community. And some of that pain you all hold, you've shared with me, you've shared with our other pastoral staff, you've shared with members of this community in your small groups or in the friendships that you formed. And some of that pain is too painful even to articulate. Speaking it is like reopening a wound that we've tried to cover and heal on our own. But constantly aches. It constantly demands our attention and that pain, that suffering, it clings to us. And that is why this community and the many generations of saints who have come before us in faith, they all call to us 
From the very beginnings of our tradition, they call to us through the words of the Apostles' Creed that we have been studying for these last several weeks. They call to us and they remind us of the promise we need and that we often forget that we believe in the resurrection, that we believe in the resurrection and an everlasting life, even when it's hard, even when we don't feel like it, even when it feels nearly impossible in the face of that pain and suffering, we cling to one another's words, even when our voice cannot utter those words as loudly as we hoped. We believe with the communion of those around us that death does not and will not be the final word in our story and in the story God is writing for us and the world. We cling to the same hope that the disciples clung to when they faced persecution and violence and personal grief. We cling to the same hope of those who received Paul's letter to Thessaloniki. We cling to the same hope that generations of faithful disciples have clung to as they experienced and witnessed crucifixion in their own lives and in the world. We cling to the same hope even today. As the news reminds us of the pain beyond ourselves and our own wounds demand our attention, we still gather and we still confess we believe in the resurrection. We believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Why don't you join with me as we recite the creed together once more. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We believe in the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. As Paul reminds us, we are not a people who are without hope. Even though we suffer, even though we endure and experience pain, we are not a people without hope because Christ Jesus has been raised from the dead. And because of Christ's resurrection, our own resurrection has been promised in this life and in the life everlasting. John's gospel promises us in Jesus' own words, because I live you also will live. No one can escape the reality of suffering in this world. It's true. It comes in the many tombs of our lives, in the ending of a relationship, the loss of a job, a diagnosis. It comes to us all. We can't avoid it. But we can choose to believe to rely upon, to stake our very lives upon the promise that our suffering is not the final word in our lives. That suffering is not our purpose or our ending. And that through Jesus' Christ's promise and presence with us through the power of the Holy Spirit here and now, 
we can experience life. Resurrected life. Life filled with joy and peace and hope and love and community. Not because suffering is absent from our lives, but because we can and will experience those promises even amid the suffering in our lives. Even in the darkest tombs that we feel we're in, we believe that we can still know the abundant life that is in Jesus Christ. That the love of God can redeem us and carry us through even our most painful experiences. And if we allow them to become part of our story, the story that if we live what we believe will point towards God's abundant life and goodness, a life that will point towards Christ's resurrection within ourselves. We do see hardship and heartache around us. The practice of having our eyes opened to the miracle of resurrection becomes a spiritual discipline. It becomes a spiritual practice. We have to open ourselves and commit ourselves to look for resurrection among the dead. And sometimes even as we profess these words every week, when we gather, we can still fail to see it. But that is why we have each other. That is why we have this community. To quote Paul's letter, we are to encourage one another because Jesus died and rose for our sake. We are a community that helps one another witness and remind one another of the story that we are staking our lives upon. God's story. That's a challenge I have for you this week. Where are you seeing resurrection? And if you can think of those places, share them with someone. And if you can't, ask someone to share them with you. We're here to help one another see the life that is Jesus. And just a few weeks ago, I want to remind you, I want to share with you a few moments where I've seen resurrection. I had the opportunity to worship with a ministry that utilizes our space here at Orange called Reality Ministry. And if you aren't familiar with reality, I encourage you to Google them and look up their website. Uh, and Or you can ask one of our members who participates with them to give you more information. But their, their mission statement on their website says this. The mission of reality is to create opportunities for adults with and without developmental disabilities to experience belonging, kinship, and the life-changing reality of Christ's love. To create opportunities for adults with and without developmental disabilities to experience belonging, kinship, and the life-changing reality of Christ's love. They meet here in our huts on Tuesdays for small group, but on Mondays they gather in the evening and often have a meal, but once a month they lead community worship where anyone and everyone is welcome. So I was able to participate in worship just a few weeks ago, and I even saw some of our orange members there. And I just got to be part of the congregation, which isn't often a seat I get to sit in. I'm usually up here, but I just got to witness and do you know what I saw? 
I saw life, abundant life. I saw difference celebrated as something we can build up in one another instead of something we use to tear one another down. I saw an atmosphere of love and hope and beauty. I saw resurrection lived out defiantly. I saw with my own eyes the promise that love conquers every single thing that seeks to separate us from one another and from God. I believe in the resurrection. I recently encountered a story out of California where 800 inmates participate in a book club with a local uh, prep school, high school students, and they read books together. And they had come across this one uh, that was a story of a group of prisoners pooling their resources together to help one another out, sacrificing what little they had in order to assist one another. And it gave the inmates an idea. So they decided to start taking up contributions from their prison wages and establish a scholarship fund for one of those students at the high school. 800 of them participated. And what they decided was that what led them to prison wouldn't be the end of their story. Where death seemed to loom, they wanted to give life to a student so that he or she may have had a better chance at life than they did. I believe in the resurrection. And I know it can be so hard to believe in something when the counter of it feels so consuming. We doubt the light when all we can see is darkness. We lose hope when all we feel is despair. And we do wonder where God is when all we seem to hear is silence. But there has never been a dusk that didn't transition into dawn. I was recently listening to a sermon, and in that sermon, the preacher quoted another preacher, uh, preacher's sermon, and he mentioned Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s eulogy, preached in 1963 after the horrific bombing at the 16th Street Baptist Church in 1963, and I misspoke earlier because I didn't have it written down, that occurred in Birmingham, Alabama in which four African-American children were murdered. And I went back and I read that eulogy and the words that Dr. King offered in the face of such despair and darkness. And this is what he shared with that congregation. He preached, at times, life is hard. As hard as crucible steel. It has its bleak and painful moments. Like the ever-flowing waters of a river, life has its moments of drought and its moments of flood. Like the ever-changing cycle of the seasons, life has the soothing warmth of the summers and the piercing chills of its winters. But through it all, God walks with us. Never forget that God is able to lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope and transform dark and desolate valleys into sunlit paths of inner peace. Orange, never forget that we are not a people without hope. We believe in the resurrection and the life everlasting. May you believe it 
May you know it, may you experience it, and may you remind one another of it when we forget. We believe in the resurrection. Let us pray. O God, week after week you arise. Every Sunday is Easter Sunday. You arise gathering your people, proclaiming your word of life, feeding us with food that is eternal, sharing your spirit and renewing the face of the earth. O God, transform us by this resurrection, that we may embrace all that you have made and remember that resurrection is a promise we can cling to in Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. Please join us again next week. In the meantime, you can find us online at orangemethodist.org.